Hello, I'm Josh Whittacombe. And I'm Rob Beckett. Welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell, the show in which Rob and I discuss what it's like to be a parent during lockdown, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, in an effort to make some kind of sense of the current situation... And to make me feel better about my increasingly terrible parenting skills... Each episode will be chatting to a famous parent about how well they're coping. Or hopefully not. And we will be hearing from you, the listener, with your tales of lockdown parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, none of us know what we're doing. Hello and welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell with... Josh Woodardum. And Rob Beckett. And Rob Beckett. Quite a good one, I thought. Excellent. I actually think the daughter actually did it better than the (laughs) mum. At points there. Well, it says Layla's 60 and her mum is uh, 94. (laughs) There is a shift. There is a shift (laughs) where you'll be in charge of your parents at some stage. Always Um, happens. Layla uh, Bradford and uh, she is three and she has learned to enjoy what an achievement the odd beef sandwich instead of a daily cheese sandwich during lockdown and she now likes her one-year-old brother Oh, what, what great progress. Worrying that the beef sandwich was ahead of the sibling lot. Yeah, like, as if that's the thing that's really been ruining their lives, is her it, inability to eat a beef sandwich. Well, ki- kids will refuse to eat stuff just to be annoying. And like my, my kids do it all the time. They, they fundamentally refuse to eat certain things, and then when they're at someone else's houses or, like, my mum's there, they'll show off by loving it. Like, oh, I'm, I tell you this, Rob. Every When we pick her up from nursery and you're like, Oh, what did she eat today? And they'll be like, oh, she ate a kind of, um, like a goat's cheese salad with like a, um, like a parmigiana. And you're like, are you fucking kidding me? What kind we of- can't get her to eat pasta and pesto. And then she's out and she's like Jay Rayner doing a Guardian restaurant review. <laughs> and she's a. What kind of fucking preschool does goat's cheese salad? They are based in East London, Rob. Okay, um, metropolitan media elite. <laughs> they are very much the problem of gentrification. <laughs> Talk to me about this. What, 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 what let me get the menu up. Let me get the menu up. Hang on. Don't you do them a pat lunch? Or they always cook for them? They cook for them. Your kid's eating better food than me. I always <laughs> thought you took your own lunch until you went to proper school. No, this is the best thing about it. So they have breakfast, lunch and dinner there. Oh, you might as well let them fucking adopt them, Josh. What the fuck's going on in your house? <laughs> I'm going to open an email called Summer Menu. Summer Menu. Here we go. Talk to me. So, obviously, it's it's different each day, Rob. Yeah. So, just choose. And, obviously, it it varies week on week. There's two separate menus to keep them alive and kind oh, of yeah. enjoying. Because you know what kids like? They'd hate eating the same thing, didn't they? They hate don't it. want to go, oh, not another Wednesday lunch to Jean. Um, <laughs> so, give me give me a day and give me a meal and I'll tell you what they're having. Um, can I, uh, Wednesday breakfast. Banana porridge with wholemeal toast. Fine, perfect. Fine. Um, okay, Friday lunch. Coconut fish curry and brown rice with steamed no, carrots. No way. Carrots or parrots? What's she eating in there? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen these carrots? They feed them. <laughs> uh, a fish, a coconut fish curry. Will she eat it? Yeah. Talk us through the day. So, fish curry for lunch. What's breakfast? I'll take you to breakfast. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it can't be worse than fish curry and so breakfast it, it was uh, mashed avocado with roasted cherry tomatoes on a toasted bagel there's no need to roast those tomatoes <laughs> 
Who's roasting tomato to breakfast? Honestly, mate, when I turn up, the smell there, oh. I'm like, this is just unbelievable. Can I go there smells- for one day a week? <laughs> I'd love it. <laughs> and dinner? What's dinner on the Friday? Uh, bean burgers, homemade hummus, and sweet potato wedges. Oh, boy. Followed life. by stewed strawberries with mint and natural yogurt. This is, I've never heard anything like this, Josh. This is unbelievable. It's like eating. <laughs> it's, but it's honestly, it's the same price as everywhere else. Uh, but I do why have they, to. What are they cutting back on? Well, they got wiped their own ass at eight months. <laughs> I'm jealous. I'm not having a go. I'm just jealous. Do you want a Wednesday dinner? Yeah. Uh, this sounds lovely. <laughs> Halloumi mozzarella and courgette frittata with lemony natural yogurt and poppy seeds. Oh, wow. I mean, that's... The thing is, though, this is what I've been thinking. Kids will eat better and more adventurous stuff if they're with other kids when it's offered to them. Yeah, that's so totally. Great, I think it's a great thing to do because when they're like... They're, we went around to friends the other day for a socially distanced gathering. I love that. You have to say that now, even <laughs> yeah, though yeah. sometimes it's not. Sometimes you try, but then a nan turns up and just brushes past you. You're like, what are you doing, you lunatic? You're at risk. Get away. I've purposely moved my chair. Anyway, um, and then just were eating this like chicken, this roasted chicken with all like thyme and pepper and salt and all this stuff, and they would yeah. never, never have it at home. But they wouldn't go near it. So, so at home, the simple equation is: the more time we put into the dinner, the more likely it is to be refused. It's yeah, that simple. It's classic. Um, anyway, that isn't the reason we got into this. No. So here's a question, Rob. Yes. You are, You said before uh, on Tuesday about are uh, you showing your children a film that was the oh, wrong no. age bracket? I mean, yeah, it was awful. I mean, they love Muppet Babies. Have you ever seen Muppet yeah. Babies? Basically, what you realise is it's like kids' TV is like crack and CBeebies is like the marijuana entry drug. Yeah. So like they'll be on CBeebies, but then all of a sudden they'll turn it over and realise that there's like Nickelodeon and Disney and all that and all the horrendous stuff, all like the Barbie summer adventures and things like that. Anyway, but I, I, they love Muppet Babies and then I thought they wanted to see a different film. Like, I'm bored of this, bored of that. Well, let's put there's the Muppets film on from like the 90s and, and yeah. it said six plus. But it said, caution, scenes of tobacco smoking. Oh, yeah. And I was like, ah, oh. you know, and I would argue that... They haven't started smoking up there, Rob. That would be an awful yeah, time yeah, for you so to reveal this they're, 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 they're already on roll-ups. You know, that's what they're like. <laughs> but so I thought, I didn't really take much notice of the 6+, plus because the warning was to tobacco. So I just assumed yeah. it's got to be 6+, plus and a warning, because some of the characters, like, maybe smoking in it. So like... Anyway, I turned it on, and I, went, I sent you the WhatsApp, the WhatsApp messages. There's a scene where Kermit, all I could hear is screaming and crying, and all I, and I run into the, the front room where they're watching this film. Kermit is strapped to an electric chair and is about to be <laughs> murdered, essentially. What's the plot? Are you trying to suggest that he deserves this? I'm not saying. <laughs> <laughs> Has there been a fair trial? <laughs> on right <laughs> anyway just look and then the bloke doing it looks so evil and they go no no but then they would they were like turn it off turn it off and i was like well i can't turn it off because obviously he's not going to get killed so then i had to yeah. fast forward it and then miss piggy come in and save the day but oh my god it was, they were they oh were, my they god were just... so so what were they like how did they react to this? Are they did they recover quickly um yeah sort of until they went to bed and both woke up with nightmares screaming kermit oh god oh mate anyway so it was a horrendous moment. I felt so guilty. My wife had to come in and save the day. But, you know, as ever, I'm committed to the podcast and reported it from the front line. And I sent you a WhatsApp message. So here, you can listen to my breakdown as I explained what happened. Girls, do you like the film? 
Is Kermit okay? No. Okay. Are you enjoying it? No. Okay, should we turn it off? No. Okay. I don't like it. We've turned it off. At one point, there was loads of men with guns just shooting at pictures of Kermit. That's not six plus. I mean, you know, hold me hands up. I've got a four-year-old and a two-year-old, but... Oh, my, yeah. Basically, I think there's... The ratings, you've got to take into account when it was filmed and when it was made. Um, yeah, that, that was a howler. But do you, do you know the thing about it is, Rob? Six plus doesn't oh. sound bad. So I don't... Do yeah. you know what I mean? It's not like you've put on, like, critters or something. Yeah, do you know I, what I mean? It's just because it said tobacco. I thought that was all it was. Yeah. There should be a thing there for, like, execution. Scene... <laughs> Of an execution. It should be an 18 if that's the kind of scene it, they're throwing it's in. It's awful, mate. Even I was watching it going, calm down, kids. And that part of me's going, you know, oh, Kermit's all right. He looks in a right state. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've had a bad incident this week. So you know uh, how you've had problems with uh, poo and wee on the floor? Yes. We've had that problem, but it's an indirect result of the child now. Okay. So she's been nearing involved. <laughs> yes. <laughs> No. So she's been luring in the neighbourhood cats, right, by taking the food out into the garden yeah. and feeding them. Okay. So I reckon there's five to seven cats that aren't related to the two cats in our house that now basically live in our garden. You're running a nine-cat operation in the garden. We're running a nine-cat operation <laughs> in the garden. <laughs> So she's taking the food outside, right? Yeah. Yeah, and she takes it out like one bit by one, and that's the game. And you're like, oh, that's quite sweet. But actually, the, the reality is now that the, the garden is covered with territorial cat piss. Oh, and then, because no. it's summer, oh. we turned around earlier on, and there was a cat pissing on our sitting room floor. Oh! That wasn't our cat. Wasn't our cat. Why would, it, why would it come in to piss? Well, I think it's like, is it getting more territory? I don't know what's going on. What do you it's... do? How do you get rid of cats? Well, I, don't, well, I mean, stop feeding them would help. Yeah, stop feeding them would help. But I wonder whether that, that kind of horse has bolted, that cat has bolted in that sense. Like, there's nothing we can do about it. But now we've got a cat coming into our house. It's summer. Yeah. So it's boiling. So we've got the door open uh, to the garden, which is basically a kind of cattery. Well, do you think it's just because you're, we're all at home more? They're getting more confident around people and, and the door's always open. Oh, they're, I mean? they're super confident, mate. They, they couldn't give a shit. I, a pigeon got caught in my back room the other day and it flew into, because you've got big, like, bifold windows, it flew into the window and you could see the outline of its head and wings. <laughs> like a kind of cartoon mark. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, oh. they, they, it's awful, but they keep going in. It's basically like getting little bits of crumbs off the floor and biscuits and stuff like that the kids have had. And it's just, it keeps doing it. And because I, my office is at the end of the garden, so I can see it happening. And when I, what happens is I run down to shoo them off, but I'm actually shooing it in the house. Oh, so right. Goes oh, well, so in it in. <laughs> but then I can't, I can't like, jump the fence and go around the block to get to the front of my house in order to shoo it out. Well, this is the problem. No one warned me when I had a child that it would also lead to, like an attachment of animals coming yeah. in because of the mess and the food and the... Ants now, where they'll have a little smoothie cart and throw it on the floor. Just ants, ants will just <laughs> find that and it's just ants in the house. Right. Shall we have some correspondence, Rob? Yes, please, Josh. It's the lockdown parody mailbag. But it's actually emails and there's no bag. Okay, well, this is a new feature based on Shappy Call Sandy's disaster, which she referred to as her milk tray moment. Uh, so if you've had a moment where you've completely lost it, tell us about it in 
our milk tray moments. And all because the lady loves milk tray. I got nothing! Should we get some sort of payment for this sponsorship? Well, I don't think anyone's made milk tray for the last 20 years, so I don't think anyone can actually access any because yeah. it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's a snack from the 80s. It's, it's basically like raisin splits or something. They're still going. I've had loads of people having a go at me on Instagram for slacking off milk tray. Someone's like, oh, I got it for my birthday last year, actually. It's really nice. I was like, all right. Oh, come on. Who are you, eating a flake in the bath? What's going on with you? <laughs> oh, sorry. I don't want a sex pest stalker to deliver milk tray about me knowing. <laughs> You weirdo. So, Holly Law, one of my children ate the last Cornetto from the freezer. The other one was crying, and for a while, I'd been wanting to try this new ice cream delivery service. So I thought, no problem, I will order us all a special ice cream as a treat. That will solve the upset. The ice creams came, and I had forgotten to order myself one. Later that day, my mum dropped round a Magnum ice cream through the window for me, because she felt sorry for me after what had happened. I unwrapped it, put it in my mouth, and my youngest started crying again, because apparently it's not fair that his brother had two ice creams in total and he only had one. So in what Shappy described as a thunderstorm outburst, I shouted, I get nothing! And flung the magnum at the front door, where it smashed and fell into a melty puddle. <laughs> I get nothing. <laughs> My son then offered to buy me an ice cream with his pocket money. How old is kid? Six. Six. This made me feel bad and I cried as well. <laughs> I love that. I love who's done that before. Where she's all got angry and then just cries as well. Oh my word. Oh, that's so bleak. Um, there's that a lot of explaining woman. and apologising to everyone in my house for my childish tantrum, and we haven't had an ice cream since. Oh, no. That is astonishing. That's going to be the Magnum gate for them, isn't it? Yeah, that's it for them. That's forever. That Magnum's ruined for them now. Because they'll go, oh, I love you, Magnum. Do you remember that time that you um, cried and threw one against the window <laughs> and said, I get nothing. <laughs> Okay. So pathetic, a pathetic little delivery. One little madman <laughs> through a window in a pandemic. Fucking oh. hell, it's hard, isn't it? It is hard life, isn't it? Yeah. That's, you're looking forward to that and you can't even have it. Poor lady. <laughs> do you know what? I mean, we've talked before, Rob, about um, whether we'll, we'll do merch for this show, but I think when we do, I think I, I get nothing. Feels like one of the slogans. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, on the milk tray jingle. Um, so this is me asking you on the show. So obviously, if you're listening, you've already heard the jingle. So this is kind of postmodern thing. But can it combine the milk tray advert from the 80s with the words, I got nothing, shouted? <laughs> yep. Which one of you wants to shout it? I'll shout it. I got nothing! <laughs> That's going to make no sense to them hearing it the first time. <laughs> oh, so, so what we'll do... Gosh, this is like podcast jazz. I don't know what's happening, but I love it. I feel like I should start tapping. It's like a beat poem. I don't know what's happening anymore. I got nothing. I got nothing. Nothing. That lockdown parenting podcast has reinvented the form. Actually, I just thought it was just some people complaining. Yeah, and it didn't take you a thousand to do, Joe Rogan. You slag. <laughs> right, uh, Rob, you hate Bing, don't you? I can't stand the geezer. Now, I've not seen Bing, but we got this email and then I watched the title sequence to Bing. This now is it's absolutely mad if you haven't noticed this. Hi, Rob and Josh. 
I love your podcast. It provides me much needed comic relief uh, for my dog walk after the kids have gone to bed. I particularly enjoyed the Daisy Mae Cooper episode and her stories of parenting hell. Something I feel I had to comment on was her hatred of Bing. What puzzles me most is not where Bing's parents are or why Bing has to cry in every episode, but it is in the opening credit, Pando takes off his shorts for no reason. Oh. My husband pointed this out to me and now I can't unsee it nor figure out the reason why he's the only one to strip down to his pants. I'm going to send you, Rob, the opening titles to a Bing episode. All right, okay. And I could comment on it live. I want you to comment on it live. Well, you can just t- type it into YouTube. I've got it, I've got it here, look. This will blow your mind. Come on, Flop. Come in, Bing. It's walking out the, the house, down the steps, meets with all, the, all his mates. There they are. He's a rabbit, all, all rabbits, little panda. Couple of, they're like weird teddies as well, aren't they? So, a little high five for the elephant girl. Because um, he's a girl, it's an elephant. It's not like an elephant man <laughs> spin off. Oh, up, yeah, and shorts off for no reason. Absolutely no reason. They're just yeah, walking. so they're all, they're all fully dressed, and the panda, for no reason, takes his trousers off and he's running around in pants. And they're, they're weird little peasant servant people that are always with him, just picks up his shorts and puts them <laughs> in his pocket. It's such a weird... And it's CGI... So it's not like an actor's gone rogue and they haven't noticed. Yeah. They've CGI decided, in the title sequence, in the background, should someone just take their shorts off and just be in pants for absolutely no reason? But I've always thought this, right? No disrespect to people that do cartoon animations, yeah? But your end goal's Pixar. Let's be honest. <laughs> Right? That's where you want. That's where you want to be. That's the, like arenas for comics, yeah? But some people will end up doing daytime British TV cartoon animations. So those guys are either probably, you know, not as skilled, not as experienced, or they're outlaws. And I think what we're dealing with here is a maverick of the form. You know in Fight Club where he flashes up a dick at the end of it? You know, like yeah. he just puts that into the... I think that's what that guy's done. He went, let's see if the, the powers that be notice this. And they haven't. It's gone in. Pants off. I think you give it another three series, you'll see that panda's cock. That's where he's going. <laughs> when he gets sacked or she gets sacked, the animator, that panda's dick will be out in one episode. And after to be pulled from the air, an apology delivered. It's, now, now you've seen it as well, you can't watch Bing without seeing that the panda is just taking off his shorts for no yeah. reason. That goes in my questionable TV animations along with Hey Dougie always cuddling the kids for no reason at the end. That's, it's a questionable section of kids' TV we need sorting out. If you've got any more of that, you know how to get in touch. Now, Rob, you've got some correspondence. Yes, um, because um, you was accused of being salty by some uh, podcasters at the Podcast Awards, I've opened it up just to work this out because I've only ever known you as a good guy. So it was quite shocking to me. So we've had a couple of emails. This one here from um, a lady called Emma Law. And she said, my husband met Josh last year. He works in London, my husband. So I'm used to him being home late because of the unreliable trains. Yep, we've all used that one before, Emma. Don't worry about that. <laughs> unreliable trains again. Um, Southern Rail, even though he's on South Eastern. Anyway, um, this particular day, it was parents' evening at school, and I'm sat waiting for him to get home when I get a photo for of him and Josh at the train station saying, I'm not going to make it. The trains have had problems, so they've had to change. So is she accusing me of going for a pint with her husband? 
Well, no, it, she's quite excited about this. She's not accusing you of anything. There's no saltiness here. Actually, it's in your defence. I've never been so excited and so pissed off in one moment. I was very jealous as I've been a fan of Josh for many years. And I'm pleased to say Josh wasn't salty at all. Oh, um, yes. But she had to go to parents' evening alone a little bitter, saying it's just me today because my husband's rubbing shoulders with celebs on trains. Um, and there's a picture of you looking very happy to have a photo with Emma's husband there. and. What is a, obviously a pre-COVID snap arm around the shoulder with this guy? Oh, that sounds like He's me. Got arm around the shoulder. So not salty at all. And we've got a couple of other ones, though. This one, again, um, not an, another non-salty, Josh. Oh, here, my so you doing well. Here we go. Me and my brother met Josh at the Fringe Festival last year. Overall, he was a really nice fella, although he was struggling to find the venue that he was performing at in an hour and a half, which was a bit concerning. <laughs> <laughs> my brother did help him by pointing out the massive two that was right behind him. I imagine he was gigging at Pleasance 2. Yep, Is that correct, Yeah. So... It was behind you. You didn't know where it was. Um, it was right behind him. Um, it was worth I, it, though, as they got a picture and the show was really fun. I can tell you, Rob, I can tell you yeah. that that would have been one of – I would have been in a terrible state at that point. Can I, can I say something here, Josh? I think you're an excellent comedian, right? Great performer. You are a panicker beforehand. Oh, well, I've seen it. I've <laughs> Especially when you first started, you used to you used to pace, clap your hands together in a weird yeah. sort of like motion, and clap then them on, used on to themselves. get each hand on itself, and you used to get water, cover your face in water, and get dabs of water and put it behind your ears Still and your temples. It. Still do it. Still. Still do it. So you must have been so well, flustered. Do you know at this what stage. the worst thing about this was? So. This was, and this is a parenting, this is a parenting story in the sense of I went to Edinburgh for two nights and obviously I have friends up there. And it was really, it was the first time in months that I'd had away from being a parent. So yeah. I went out both nights, but both previews had been booked for like midday. So, oh no, so you're hungover. So I was hungover. So I'm sure you would say that I'm not the best, not, not the best at holding my drink at the best of times. So I've completely lost the ability now. <laughs> Yeah. So I'll take you through these two nights. So the first time I got back to the hotel room at about 3 a.m., right? And I went into my room and I, I'd been in the room already, but um, the, the duvet wasn't on the bed. There was no duvet. There was just a pillow, the pillows and no duvet. And so I phoned, I phoned down. I was like, oh, there's no duvet on the bed. And the guy was like, what? I was like, there's no duvet. And he was like, what are you talking about? I was like, can I get a duvet, please? So five minutes later, this is how drunk I was. Five minutes later, the guy turns up with a duvet, knocks on the door, walks in, looks at the bed and goes, you are aware they've just tucked in the duvet so tight that it doesn't look like there's a duvet. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, took, I had two duvets. I was, I was a duvet. Up. I kept the second duvet. <laughs> I always have two duvets. It's my thing. Yeah. You are, when you're drunk though and you're gone, oh. you are, well, it's, I've seen you be sick in your own hands yeah. at least twice. Yeah, I do apologise for that. I, well, oh, it, it gets two, worse. Two incidents, wasn't it? One in Birmingham Glee. We should oh. save this for another episode. But Birmingham Glee and then that Christmas party yeah. where I saved your skin. You saved my skin. I, I forever owe you. <laughs> I forever owe you. We'll save that story for another time. Yeah. But I, I, a career saving. We wouldn't be here, mate. We wouldn't be here. This podcast would be dead and buried. You was um, nearly sick on Andrew Lloyd Webber's head. <laughs> and let me say, you know, <laughs> anyone that's seen School of Rock knows he deserves it. 
So let me tell you the second night in Edinburgh, I get yes. to the hotel. So it's 3am again. No duvet again. No, I get to the room, go up and the card's not working. So I go down to reception, different guy, thankfully. And um, I go up with the hand over the card and I'm like, uh, my card's not working. Could you just like, I want to go to sleep. Uh, and he looks at the card and says, you're in the wrong hotel. <laughs> And I drunkenly managed to go back to the wrong hotel in Edinburgh. I've been trying the door. <laughs> oh, Josh. Oh. Those first nights, that, that is classic. I notice it at gigs where you have people where it's their first night out after having a kid and they just go buck wild. Yeah. Like it's the last days of Rome and they just can't, they get too overexcited. They're not drunk enough for months and they drink loads. Yeah. Um, um, I've, I've got one more. Well, I've got one that is a bit salty, oh, Josh. Yeah. I don't okay, want to you know, bring you down. Um, I once sat next to Josh on the train for four hours to Devon. Oh, um, yeah. You must be going home to visit family yeah, or gigging, yeah. I imagine. The train was very busy. He was sitting in the window seat. I felt bad sitting next to him because he was very grumpy looking. Yeah. Maybe he had just woken up from a nap. Anyway, he was V moody and shoved his bag off the seat and I sat down. I spent three and a quarter hours wondering if it was a bad time to tell him he's a wicked comedian and he had Lou Rowe on his shoe. Sorry, Josh, <laughs> I never told you as you looked so salty. Oh, my word. I so your salty. saltiness is actually putting off people to talk to you. That's unbelievable. So it's doing... I, I absolutely stand by that didn't speak to me once on the train. I consider that a victory. I didn't want to talk to them. No, exactly. You're salty, aren't you? You're a salty guy. I've got an edge. You've got, you've got an edge. If you hung over. Wow. It sounds like it, doesn't it? I think it? the common theme is you drunk or drinking brings out the saltiness. Totally. Genuinely, if I don't drink, I'm a much happier person. But I don't think we should go into this on this podcast. <laughs> Sunday brunch and they were doing the cocktails. So they went, Do you drink, Rob? You've been drinking over lockdown? I was like, Yep. Yeah. He went, What? I went, Lager. <laughs> but just made you lager. I went, Why? I went, Boredom and depression. <laughs> killed the energy in the room. It was so funny. Um, thank you for all. Keep your salty messages coming in or non salty. I'm currently 2 1 up, which is delightful. Don't make them up like yeah. they got on the train. <laughs> I'd never get toilet paper stuck on my shoe. How dare you? That is a classic Widdicombe. I can see you shuffling down that train with that on your foot. God, oh, fuck off. Who, who sits next to someone on a train for four hours? Absolutely despicable. I mean, the fact I'd put the bag on the seat is, is a mistake from me. I realise that is a passive, is a aggressive move. Intention. Back off. Yeah. Read the room, mate. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, a milk tray moment, salty moment, anything else, this is how. Email us hello at lockdownparenting.co.uk or we're on Twitter at lockdownparents. Thank you for listening to our first Friday uh, catch up with correspondents. We've got so much we didn't get through, but we love receiving it. Uh, so much brilliant stuff. Let's end, Rob, with a guilty parenting tip from Lucy Hayward. Ooh. We told our kids that when the ice cream van is playing music, it means they have run out of ice cream. <laughs> there we go. It's a classic, that is. I also like to dabble with, that's a car with a weird horn. <laughs> they don't know yet. Once they get to school, they will know. Yeah. If you've got any uh, guilty parenting tips, keep them coming in. Uh, review us. Yeah, why not? 
But we need to beat the Ramses. They've got like 23,000 reviews. Just see how many times you can review until you get banned. Exactly. Set up some new accounts. Uh, I stand by that message. <laughs> um, brilliant. Thanks very much, guys. And next week, we've got another guest on the Tuesday episode, which is Lorraine Kelly. Brilliant. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful woman. Thank you for listening. See you later, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.